Welcome to Answer Choicey, all of the above. Welcome. I'm Jess. I am Sarah Louise. <laughs> Sarah Louise is across the country from me. Excuse me, dogs. Can you hear them? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Whoa. That's Rory. That's my mother's dog. Hi, Rory. <gasps> Would you like- Inside and outside at the same time. Whoa. Inception. Anyways, Sarah is across the country from me now, and I am very sad. Where are you, Sarah? I am in Boston. Whoa. Boston? Boston. What are you doing there? I am in school. (laughs) I went back to school. Why? It's a good question. Getting that degree, the second degree. I know that masters. I am mastering a skill. <laughs> oh God, how? Um, I'm still figuring that out. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> so we're gonna do our best to make this um, the least amount of awkward because we are very used to recording sitting less than a foot away from each other. I know. Over Skype. It's like, oh, no, it's the whole parade. <laughs> um, there's a ambulance, fire truck, and policeman going outside my house. Um, yes, also, if you hear a train, take a drink of water. You'll be very hydrated afterwards, if you know what I mean. Because I have a train go by every 15 minutes, two of them going each direction (laughs) um so that's gonna be fun yeah well how is your week going my week is going pretty well i moved in on the first of september and then do you remember the 29th of september And then I started class on the 3rd, but today I didn't have class. So I went uh, and started working on all of the other things I needed to do in order to be a student. (laughs) Um, So yeah. That whole student ID picture. Yeah. Getting my medical records transferred so I can get my medication. Um, Now I have to be officially diagnosed with my stuff. So I have to go see a psychiatrist tomorrow. Then I get screened next week. And then I have to take a test in November. (laughs) I wonder why you have to be, like, diagnosed. I Considering education for a while. Yeah, I know, but it's it's a it's a ride. Um to say the least. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I've never done this before, so I'm pretty excited, especially since I find, hello, I find brains in, like, the whole process. Yeah. She's mad I locked the door. She keeps trying to buzz in. I don't know what to do. Um, I can hear my mom yelling from the living room, Rory, your sister's trying to record. Ew. <laughs> That's hilarious. I think they got her. Okay. <laughs> they got her. Continue oh talking God. about your medical debacle. I know. It's fine. I just find the process interesting. That's all I was going to say. Right. <laughs> oh, well. Oof. Well, my week's been pretty normal. I didn't move states. Ask. So. I didn't ask. I asked me. Oh, okay. Never mind. Rude. <laughs> well, that's cool. I'm glad your week was good. I'm sorry I left you. Um, it, don't take it personally. I uh, don't. Oh, by the way, I was listening to the episode that came out the other day, which was Dreams. And I was like, oh, I'm looking for a house. And maybe by the next whatever, I'll, because you were like, I'll be in Boston. And I was like, maybe I'll be signing on a house. That didn't happen. Um, Not yet. I've looked at a bunch of houses, but none of them are quite what I want. So here's to hoping that by next month, I'll be signing on a house. Yes. Maybe next week. Maybe uh, next podcast. Maybe, well, the next two podcasts from now? I don't know. I have no idea. But I'm looking I'm, forward to it when it does. Exactly. We'll let you know. You will know. You will know. Yes. Um, as for advertisements, I'm still waiting on Julia. Uh, she kind of... She hit a rough spot, and so she... Um, just keep her in your thoughts, I guess. Uh, yeah, but hopefully we'll be getting those photos out to you soon. And then you guys can like, share, and spread the word bird, you know? The word bird, you know. Bird, you know. Thing. The word bird. We have picked up hawking, but instead of hawks, we use words. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, release the baby stop <laughs> okay what is our episode about today if you get that reference let me know um, no. do you love me yet no I know Rory doesn't either she's barking I know she's attacking you with words her word birds <laughs> burbs. burbs her burbs uh, her dog burbs sounds like i'm saying burbs today we are talking about the theater the theater like is that er or re re no er theater it's a german r you know yeah <laughs> oh but if it's the re that means like live performance if it's er that means like movies Definitely the R-E. Yeah. We are talking about the R-E. We are <laughs> the re. 
Um, the Can read. You my dog a lot. Yeah, every time she barks. I don't hear her when she doesn't bark. Well, give me a minute. I need to handle this. Handle it. I'll be right back. All right. Scooter is here now, and Rory is not. Scoot, scoot. Yeah, he's getting fat. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Um, She'll be quiet. So we're talking about the theater. (laughs) Hello. Um, yes, the theater, the R-E, the, the, the theatrical theater. The Fonchi Fonchi Theater? Yes. Alright, uh, who's first for this one, like, trivia-wise? I think you do. Okay. Yes. It doesn't matter. On the states. That's right. I always go first on the random ones. All right. Cuckoo-cachoo. Um, I have the walrus. Are you ready? I was born ready. You came out saying, Trivia! <laughs> that was my first word. <laughs> that was my first word. Uh, Alright. Trivia number one. What is the pathway for actors to enter and leave the stage called? Is it A... The proscenium. B, the vomitorium. <laughs> C, rake. D, skein. Or E, green room. I'm going to go with D. Skein? Mm-hmm. It is not skein. It is actually the one you laughed at, the vomitorium. The vomit room. <laughs> I know. It's like from the 80s. It's like, oh my god, I'm going to vomitorium. I'm gonna vomitorium. But a lot of people just call it the vom. <laughs> ah, that's even worse. <laughs> no, that's my dog barking now. The vom. The vom. Yes. So a proscenium is um when the audience is facing the stage, it's like the picture frame around the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, the rake is the slope in the performance space rising away from the audience. Mm-hmm. The skein is actually a Greek thing. It's an ancient Greek theater. It's the building behind the playing area that was originally a hut for changing masks and costumes, but eventually it just became the background before which the drama was enacted. So, like, the backdrop. Oh, and- fun. The green room is the little backstage lounge for the actors. Love a good green. I love a good bomb. (laughs) (laughs) Bad. I know. Uh, Anyways. Okay, that's cool. Love that. Love it. Okay. My first trivia. What was the first show that set the scene for musicals today. Not the first musical. Well, I mean, I guess first musical, but that's... Okay. It wasn't the first play that implemented music or singing together, but the first musical. Okay. Like full musical. Yeah. And don't worry, I didn't put in the first... I didn't do anything tricky. Okay. Okay. So, A, 
all that jazz. B, spam a lot. C, the music man. D, South Pacific. Or E, showboat. A lot of boats. Oh, that's <laughs> hard. I'm going to go yeah. with music man. It's a really good guess, mainly because I like it. But no, actually, it was showboat. See, that was my second guess. Yeah, Showboat was the first musical to be a to have a plot where the music and the plot went together. Um, yeah. it was also the first musical to address political problems of that era, which was racism. So it was really cool. Nice. It in my class. You learned that in your class. Yeah, I took a theater the music theater class and it was really interesting oh i took intro but um i really don't know how to get these dogs to stop i don't think you will but also i can't stop the trains so i'm like covering the back of my mic with a pillow <laughs> same <laughs> i'm thinking. anyways trivia two the Broadway play John Loves Mary was made into a film in 1949. Who stars as John in the film? A. Clark Gable. B. Love him. Yeah, B. Bing Crosby. Love him too. C. Cary Grant. Wow. D. John Wayne. <laughs> or E. Ronald Reagan. Yes. <laughs> um, watch it be him just because I'm laughing at him. No, I'm going to go with Bean Crosby. <laughs> was it Ronald Reagan? It was Ronald Reagan. No. It was. I never second guess myself. I should just go with what I snicker at because that seems to be a, t a trend. <laughs> yeah, so all of these people besides Ronald Reagan were the highest grossing like paid actors of 1949 but no it was ronald reagan yes reagan reagan <laughs> yay hooray my roommate is playing his bass or guitar <laughs> i don't know what to do <laughs> i can't catch a break can you hear it? Yes. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I can't just go up to him and be like, hey, I'm recording a podcast. Stop. <laughs> Please. Start putting like a paper on your door that says like recording in progress. They don't even know I have a podcast. They don't even know me. I don't even know them. You should do that. <laughs> Jessica this is why you need to talk to your roommates I'm sorry I'm a recluse turn up the volume real loud and I'll yell at them <laughs> no they don't know me but they know me no they don't no they don't <laughs> you're a liar alright well We'll do our best.
And we're back. <laughs> Several days later. Yes, there was a trying time. <laughs> I was so angry. <laughs> Between dogs and trains and guitars. Guitar, guitar guys. Uh, what was Dan. his name? Dan the Guitar Man. Yeah, oh, that's right. He's actually very nice. He felt really bad. Yeah, I did. You told him? Well, yeah. I actually wanted to start my homework. I made a one out of four on my quiz. (gasps) Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. Did you tell him about our podcast? No. You didn't (laughs) tell him, like, dude, we were recording. (laughs) No, I didn't. I was embarrassed. Also, I was furious. And then I felt bad for being so angry. Oh, <laughs> But it's fine. Well, we're back nonetheless. Um, and I'm ready for some trivia. The last of the trivia? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to reread it. Okay, please. <laughs> no, you're just going to have to know exactly. I don't remember it. <laughs> Okay, what is the name of the adjacent famous street where Broadway shows and off-Broadway shows are performed? A, the other Broadway. B, 42nd Street. C, off-Broadway. D, 45th Street. Or E, Silver Street. That almost sounds like the warrior cat named Silver Street. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, so I've been on Broadway, and I've been to the off-Broadway shows, but I could not tell you. I thought it was, like, around the 50, like, 50th or something, but I don't know. Um, I don't think the street is actually called Off-Broadway Street. <laughs> or, okay, yeah. And sure. 42nd and 43rd are so close together, 45th. and I know... 45th? Yeah. Well, I went on both of those streets. Like, I walked up and down both of those streets, but I could not tell you which is which. So, I'm just going to blindly guess 42nd Street. Yes. (gasps) Bomb. It's only been, like, 10 months since I've been there. Nine months. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Nice. You I get first. to go first, right? Okay. Are you ready? I was born ready. So, like we had said, um, this is multiple days later. So, this story will be surprising to both of us because <laughs> I Fair. don't remember all the details. Yeah, me neither. Before I, I definitely don't know your details. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you don't know them because I would be kind of sad if you did know them. Our story is about a lady named Iris Futor, Fooder, something like that, F-U-T-O-R. But I think her last name was also Fudoransky at one point. I don't know if she shortened it, but when her married name is Sif, like S-I-F. What's your, what's your subtopic? What's oh. your theme? True crime. Yes, true crime in the theater. 
we just I know. the same thing at the same time. <laughs> so, the trains are excited. I, yes. Uh, this is going to be about We're Iris. Screaming for joy. Okay. Iris was born in Cushing, Oklahoma on December 11th, 1923. So this is a little, little bit of an older story. Um, I think the end of the story was in the 80s, so it's not that old. Um, she attended Tyler Junior College here in Texas. Um, she also attended the Universidad Autonoma de Mexico, which is, I'm pretty sure is just Whoa. like the National Mexico like college. It means the auto- Autonomous University of Mexico. I was not sure if this was like the college or not. I couldn't really figure that out. Um, but she also attended UT, University of Texas. Of Texas. Of Texas. And that's where she got a bachelor's degree in theater in 1944. Yes. Okay. She got married to a man named Alvin Siff, and they had twin sons. Then, shortly thereafter, she joined the Alley Theater in Houston as an actress. Have you ever been to the Alley? I stay away from alleys. Um, I was always told that uh, Batman's parents were killed there, so I shouldn't go in either. You're a turd. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, I haven't been to the alley, I don't think. I don't think I've been to the alley either, but whenever I was doing a lot of work with the theater at my college, uh, they had, like, connections there, which was kind of cool. It's a actually really well-known, like, big theater in Houston. Oh, cool. So the Alley Theater was founded by a woman in the late 40s. Bet. Yeah, and it has a strong history of employing women and promoting female artists. Yes. It's a pretty cool queen. Yes. Um, So Iris joined in 1948, and one year after it opened... Or that was one year after it opened, and it was just before it actually moved from South Main Street to Berry Street. So they had an original theater building, and they ended up moving the entire um, like company, the production company, to a different street. Okay. She played the role of Mary in John Loves Mary, which was the last play in the original location of the Alley Theater. And then she costumed for the first show, which was the Children's Hour at the New Theater. So she was, like, there throughout the entire transition. Uh, She got really well-known, and in 1963, she was invited to testify before the U.S. Senate Labor Subcommittee on the Arts. Wow. Mm -hmm. She was, like, really cool. She took time... She, so she stopped working at the alley, and she took time to be a fashion coordinator and director of special services at the Sakowitz department store during the years of 1948 to 1953. So she took a little break from doing theater stuff to do fashion stuff, which is still really cool. Mm-hmm. And then she does end up returning to the alley in 1964 to be the assistant of the theater's founder, uh, the founder and director, Nina Vance. So she worked her way almost all the way up at this point. She was the assistant to the founder. Wow. That's really awesome. And it's 1964 now, and she started going there in 1948. 
Dang. So she dedicated a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So in 1968, she actually did become the managing director. Um, I believe, yeah, she became the managing director in 1968 and later conferred with an architect to develop a 5.5 million downtown theater complex. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has a lot of accomplishments that include the 1971 formation of the Alley's Volunteer Wing, the Alley Guild, the founding of the Alley Academy, and the introduction of the studio school at Theater Incorporated, the Merry-Go-Round School at Casa Manana in Fort Worth, and the Alley Merry-Go-Round. Wow. So she had a lot of stuff she's accredited to. And then in 1980... She assumed both management and artistic operations because Vance died. Oh, no. So she really did work her way all the way to the top. Yeah. From the 1940s to 1980. She had a lot that she was able to do. She seemed like a really, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a go-getter. She really enjoyed what she was doing. She wanted to rise to the top. She wanted Mm -hmm. She was an achiever. Yes, she was an achiever. Um, but sadly, two years later, after she reached the top, something horrible happened. Mm. In the early hours of January 13th, 1982, she was killed. And she was oh. only 58 years old. <sighs> so she must have started really young because she had been there for a, like a 40, almost 40 years. Yeah. So, the police had been called to a report of a car on fire, and it was her car. It was parked and set ablaze. And the next day, the police take a man named Robert Taylor. He's a 30-year-old employee of Security Guard Services Incorporated into custody. Hmm. So, they think it's this guy who was the security guard because he was on duty at the alley at the approximate time of her death. And they also found a note next to her body that matched samples of his writing. Okay. One other thing. They turned up information that he was an ex-convict. Okay. And the the fact that he's a convict and was still hired as a security guard. That's is, insane. It hit, yes. And it like, happens more likely than you think. Really? Yeah, I, I think I cover it more. If not, I still remember what I read about it. And I can cover it a little bit more. But yes. So this man. Know. Yeah, I don't know. But he ends up not being charged with killing her. After holding him for four days, the police let him go because someone tipped them off to another suspect. And they didn't really have any concrete evidence on him. You know, they just had a lot of circumstantial stuff that shouldn't have happened sort of deal. Um, so their next suspect was 47-year-old Clifford X. Phillips. Phillips like the other man, had worked at the theater as a security guard from mid-November to mid-December. And he was fired. And I 
I had so many different references that say different reasons why he was fired. Uh, for instance, one said he was fired due to tardiness. One says that he was fired because he was sleeping on the job. And another <laughs> one says that he was fired because Iris had run a background check and found out that he was wanted in another state. So I mean, that's those a are... good reason to fire someone. I agree, but they are all very different reasons. Yeah. So, sorry. So I can't tell you why he was fired, but he was fired nonetheless. And they actually hired that other guard right after he was fired. Um, detectives traced him to California because it had been a couple of days. And in mid-February, they arrested him for arson from the car and returned him to Houston, where he was indicted for murder. So a little bit about Clifford is that he had been in and out of jail since 1952. And this is the 1980s. Yeah. And in 1970, he had actually been imprisoned in New York for killing his three-year-old son. Oh my gosh. I'm not going to go into detail about that. Okay. Um, there is more on that. Some people say it wasn't like on purpose. Some people, it, it was. Mm, I don't know how in depth I want to get into that, but it, 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 it seems like it could have been an accident what happened um, okay. for a security company. How did they not, I understand that they didn't, they might have not have had, well, they didn't have the technology that we have today, but even then, they had screen tests. Yeah, and he had been in jail for murder, How did they not for see- manslaughter, I think, it was manslaughter. How did they not see that, and why yeah. would they hire him for a job like that? I have no idea. That's but, insane. yeah. I know. Just don't even get me started. <laughs> um, so he actually did confess to murdering Iris. He owned up to killing her. But there's a twist. Okay. He claims it was self-defense. Right. Right. Okay. He claims that his plan was he was just going to rob her. To buy food and drugs. Because he said he still had a key to the building. Even though when he actually did break in. The door was unlocked or something. Okay. Which is just bad on the other security guard. But he did have a key he was going to use. But nonetheless. He was just going to break in to buy food and drugs. But Mrs. Sif put up such a fight. He said he had to kill her to save his own life. I don't know. Okay. I'll tell you what's going through my brain. Yes. I don't know whether to applaud her. Right. I don't know if I want him to be telling the truth because I feel like I do. It's like there's no reason to kill someone. But if she really was that. Yeah. Yeah. If she was that strong, that determined, that courageous. Good on her, bad on him. Yeah. But the fact that he killed her is still Mm -hmm. that's not okay obviously no obviously it makes me admire her 
Yeah. Like if I didn't already admire her attitude and of like her achievements. Yes. Her... Yeah. So. Oh my gosh. Yes. A quote that he said is, I don't feel, or I didn't feel I had done anything that wrong. I felt it was almost an act of self-defense. I should be charged with unlawful entry. <laughs> the fact, though, that he says that he should just, even though he already Even though he gave, killed someone. Yeah, and even though he gave the information that he <laughs> went in to steal, like, for burglary, mm-hmm. to, like, to steal money for drugs. It's like, oh, it's like, yeah, you can be charged with unlawful entry and Even though murder. you already told us. Yeah. And burglary oh and yeah. like just adding stuff on. Like we could do this all day. Right. But I'm not just going to I don't I don't think he is sane to be like I should only be charged with a B and E. Like I only broke in and entered. The rest was her. No. I hate that. So, anyways, I'm getting heated again. I remember getting heated when I was researching this. Yeah, um, he said he was acting entirely alone when he slipped through an unlocked door. He climbed to the fourth floor suite where she was typing, which I researched more into. She was applying for a grant for the theater. Uh-huh. Like, to help expand it. Oh, <laughs> Why is she just so awesome? <laughs> so she was typing. He reached inside her door and switched off the lights and told her he only wanted money. That's what he says, right? Okay. That's Phillip, creepy. For what? Like, uh, right? <laughs> like um, the most minuscule thing out of this whole thing. Was that but he still. reached in and turned off the lights? That's still so... There's just so much wrong, even in that one tiny action. Well, apparently, Miss Iris had a fight response instead of a flight response because Philip said he um, that she immediately attacked him and kicked him in the groin repeatedly. I love her so much. (laughs) Yes. So he claims that he tried to hold her back from attacking him and that he like physically couldn't. And he began to choke her to try to keep her from kicking him like she was in the groin. Bad word, bad word, bad word. I want to say so many bad words right now. (laughs) I mean, valid. Directed towards him. Valid. Uh, So he tried to choke her with his hands and she ended up falling to the floor. And Philip said that that is when he knew he had to make a decision. She was already on the ground, defenseless, because he had, A, snuck up on her, B, like, choked her, and she was on the ground. That's when he had to make the decision? I think that when she fell on the ground, she was still fighting. Well, that's fair, and he but just she's on the that, ground, yeah. so that means I could just get away. Yeah, he could have just left. And not... Yes, so... Like, he didn't have to kill her. I know. I know everyone knows this, but I'm just... We have a so mortified. So I have a platform where I get to voice whatever's on my brain, even though This is why we like, did this. 
<sighs> Anyways, it's just to be annoying, but whatever. And we're not trying to make light of this situation at all. No, I am so absolutely you know, mortified. If you hear us laughing, it's nervous laughing 100% because this man is despicable. Anyway. I want to scream like the trains outside my window. Yes. So, he says he felt he was as good as dead if she overcame him and that in his mind it was a matter of life and death. So, he strangled her with the phone cord. She revived. Oh my god. And he strangled her again. No. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Detective Steve Garza said that evidence supported Phillips' description of the killing, like that she fought, but police reject the suspect the suspect suggestion that he acted in self-defense because Garza says Mrs. Siff, who is five six and weighs one hundred and thirty pounds, was almost as big as Phillips, five foot seven, one hundred forty pounds. And uh, friends had said that she would fight. She would fight hard. Yeah. Like, all of her friends agreed. Like, hell yeah. Definitely. But Philip says that... um, Oh, I'm sorry. I just read ahead and I don't like this. (laughs) Um, Phillips, Clifford Phillips, the guy that did the crime, said... That the 58-year-old woman's struggle against him lasted 20 minutes and was so valiant that he, quote, developed a lot of respect for her. Here is a quote that he says. I had a lot of respect for her because I knew it was a fight for my life or her life. I could see she was a very dignified woman and I admire her, really. This makes me sick. I want to fight him. (laughs) Well, you can't. Oh. My. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that just the worst? Like, she was such a grand person. And this. I, I can't even put words to this. I I'm sorry, my mouth is just open. I I have no, no words. I have no words. I know that you, you say that you admire her. That and just and then you just go ahead and that is just disgusting. That's, that's evil. Like I can't. Anyways, sorry. I. Oh my gosh. Getting worked up. So yes. Um, after Mrs. Siff appeared dead, he took a television set, a fur coat, a watch, and a ring. And he took the keys to her car, went down to the parking lot, and drove her Lincoln Continental away. And that was the car they found on fire. And from what I read, they actually did find some of her belongings that he had taken inside the car burning. Um... (laughs) 
Phillips is an idiot. His attorney made him stop doing interviews <laughs> because he expected Phillips' conversations to force moving the trial to another city because he was making people feel the way we feel currently with his sick work. and yeah in his angry. interviews he's talking about how he admired the lady he just killed so i mean i get it that you're not going to have an unbiased jury so his attorney was like dude you need to stop no keep doing it yeah keep right talking. Keep right. digging yourself into a hole so the rest of us can put you out of this society and hopefully get you help because. <sighs> yes. So uh, one of Mrs. Sis's sons said, quote, enough is enough. This man has had three strikes. As far as I'm concerned, he's given up his rights to the potential for rehabilitation by his own actions. Fair. So uh, Clifford Phillips was sentenced to death. He was executed on December 15th, 1993, uh, seven years after his initial date of execution because he was granted a stay of execution. Okay. So it was seven years after he was actually supposed to be executed. And here's just a little bit I had kind of touched on earlier. This case sparked controversy on the trust we should place in guards hired by private security services. One of my sources I used actually has a whole bunch of examples um, of the controversy. Because if you think about it, in like big cities, private security, you can find them in office buildings, apartment complexes, residential neighborhoods, factories, schools, churches, events such as dances, carnivals, weddings, funerals. Those can all have these guards. That there have been multiple instances where these guards aren't great people. Um, there's a lot of instances where a security guard hired by private services has turned out to do things such as arson or burglary. Oh my gosh. So there are specific examples in... Let me see which source it is. It is in... So, texasmonthly.com, it says, it's called Scarecrow Cops. It's in that one. Um, so, I have one more thing. It okay. is a story. It was, like, a personal story that I found on a website. Uh, let me see which website it was. It was on the Nightstand Debuts, I believe. It's a blog. Um... So this is a story that the author had written about their friend named Stacy. Oh, and it's a little paranormal, by the way. Just a tiny but. bit. So they worked at the alley. So Stacy went to the theater early in the day before the show to set everything up for herself. The theater of the alley is set up so directly behind the stage is the central vom, the vomitorium, like I had said in the trivia. Do you remember? Yes, okay. I don't like that word. <laughs> so there's a hallway that runs along the back of the stage with a door that leads straight from the stage to the hallway. Stacy was in the vom when she heard a strange sound coming from the stage. It was the sound of someone violently choking. 
She rushed onto the stage, but it was empty. She ran through the wings, the pit, the dressing rooms, all empty. The alley is an entire complex with the offices in a separate building, and at that time of day, no one but her was in the theater. Chalking it up to her imagination, Stacy left. And then the author arrived at the theater later that evening, and the show ran without a hitch. Their roommate at the time was also working crew. The two of them went through their past show routine, locking doors, turning off lights, putting props and set pieces back where they belonged. Uh, They were the only ones left at the theater. They were about to do their final check of the stage. And they put their hand on the door in the central volume to the stage. And this author says that they have no connection to the paranormal. Like, they can't feel anything, stuff like that. But their roommate could. And as soon as the author had put their hand on the door, their roommate said, don't open that door. And the author was like, why? What? What's up? And they said, just don't open it. So the author opens the door. Right. Same. And here's a quote from the story. It says, it was like looking at the pit of hell. The stage was gone. The theater was gone. It was a black vortex of nothingness, an empty hole filled with misery and pain. If I had stepped out onto where the stage should be, I would have fallen into a bottomless pit. I screamed and ran from the theater, my roommate close on my heels. We left the doors unlocked, our purses still in the dressing room, and dove into my car. We didn't stop screaming until we pulled into the parking lot of the nearest bar. We ran into the bar and dropped into two stools, panting. And the bar was the regular theater hangout, so it wasn't a surprise to see Stacy there, the woman from earlier. She asked what happened, and they told her, and she told them about how she had heard the choking earlier the day in the day. And no sooner were those words about the choking out of her mouth that all of them realized what was on the TV, and it was a news story about Clifford Phillips who was supposed to be executed that day had a stay of execution. So that, that was the story being presented at the bar that moment. And so her roommate turned to her and said, Iris was pissed and she let all of us know it. I mean, that's a kind of scary way to (laughs) say that that you're angry though. I mean, she always went above and beyond. But they said that... That is a good way of putting it. Yeah, they said the next night, nothing happened. Um, People apparently at the Alley Theater do still report seeing her ghost on the fourth floor just outside of her old office. And that's it for me. I just wanted to add that little story at the end. I thought it was kind of cool. But... I mean, dang. It's crazy. I... I love Iris and aspire to be as much of a go-getter as her. I know. She's such a powerhouse. Um, I have such strong feelings. Yeah. She's definitely somebody to look up to. 100%. So, sorry that story wasn't as, like, funny as my normal ones, but... I mean... I had such strong feelings about this guy... Fair. I needed to share them with you. Fair. That. Mm. So I am covering the new Amsterdam Theater, Ooh. and that is in New York. So the new Amsterdam Theater was built in 1903. 
It was built under the partnership of A. All. Wait, what? A. L. Erlinger and Marcus Claw. Its design was inspired by the Navau or Nouveau art style and was crafted at the hands of Hertz and Talent. When the theater was constructed, it was the largest theater in all of New York and mm-hmm. is still pretty big. The setting, the seating capacity was at and is still pretty close to 17, uh, 1,700 seats. The theater opened its doors in November 1903 with a fun production of Shakespeare's A, Mid-Sub- a Midsummer's Night Dream. They're about to put that on here in town. That's awesome. For a long time, it hope. Mm. Words. Me too. <laughs> ma, ma, ma. Anyways, for a long time, it hosted the Zeigfeld Follies, as well as its racier sister show, the Midnight Frolics. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> this show was performed in the New Amsterdam Roof Garden Theater. So the Zeigenfeld Follies, the Zeigfeld, sorry, there's not an N in there. <laughs> Follies was a series of lavish reviews and a place between what Broadway is thought of today, as well as a more elaborate and high class vaudeville and variety show. And vaudevilles, vaudeville. yeah, they're like big, almost like fashion numbers, but instead of a fashion show where you walk up and down a runway, you wear big elaborate costumes and just walk up and down stairs. These shows were would feature top entertainers of the time, like uh, big comedians and movie stars, as well as a di- they would display many beautiful chorus girls who common who were commonly known as Zeigfeld girls. And they would parade up and down flights of stairs on the stage dressed in anything um, from birds to battleships. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, with a big lady that looks like a battleship. And they would wear big uh, headdresses that were really, really heavy. However, the Great Depression took its toll on the theater, as it did with many other businesses, which led to the theater to close its doors in 1936. It reopened for a short time in 1937, but was shortly after converted into a movie theater. Mm -hmm. In 1982, the the Nederlander organization purchased the property. However, it would not be restored until eight years later in 1990 under the care of the state of New York and the city of New York, as were many other theaters on 42nd Street. It took many years and several millions of dollars in order to restore the theater to its original grandeur and majesty. The rooftop garden has remained closed since its discovery. It was discovered that it could not be brought up to modern building codes, so uh, no more saucy productions on the rooftop. Gosh dang it. I know, right? The Disney theatrical production signed a 99-year lease for the property in 1993. Did you say Disney? So Did Disney, you say bought, Disney? Yeah, Disney bought the lease for the theater. Whoa. Mm-hmm. 
It was officially reopened on April 2nd, 1997, only a few days before my birthday. (laughs) You mean my dog's birthday? My birthday. I was born first. Well, technically, I guess. Mm -hmm. And... November 1997, Disney opened its theatrical production of The Lion King. And right now, Disney's Aladdin is performing in the theater. What? I have seen The Lion King performed, I think, twice in my life in Austin. It's so flippin' fantastic. So freaking good. But the first time I went, I was really little. And I was sitting by the side door that the hyenas come in. (laughs) And if you have not seen the live, like, production of The Lion King, these people come out and they have, like, they're, like, on all fours but on stilts. And they scared the absolute crap out of me when I was little. Like, I was terrified of the hyenas. Fair. Chow down, you know, but especially because they were right next to me because of that door, so they were like full person size, not on a stage. We um were in the first. We also saw it in Austin, and we were in the first balcony. Uh, but we were sitting right next to the edge, so I could mm. just rest my head on my arms and watch it. Right. And I went and saw it with Ashley and my my parents, and when Simba came out. Um, as an adult during Hakuna Matata, <laughs> I like fell in love. And at the end, my mom asked me how I enjoyed, how I liked the show and enjoyed it and stuff. And I just, I had no shame and just said, Simba was so cute. I really like him. <laughs> right. He's so beautiful or something like that or handsome. He's so pretty. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, on an off topic, guess what I just did today? What did you just do today? I bought tickets for me to go see Lemez next weekend. Just by yourself? Well, we had a family friend that have season passes, mm-hmm. and they were selling their orchestra seats for seventy seven dollars each. That's it. They had yeah, and they had two, and they're like row S of the orchestra, and they're in the like handicap accessible, so they're like the actual comfy seats and stuff. Mm-hmm. So they sold, they had two tickets. So I bought one and my mom bought one. But I remember talking about shows and stuff with um, Julia. And she said that I had to go see it live. So I'm going to do that. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. So, I wish I could see it with you. Me too. I wish you were in Texas. So, so now let's move on to the fun part it's the ghosts. Uh huh. So the theater itself has been home to many different levels of hauntings, ranging from the normal, unaccountable noises to actual poltergeist activity. There have been sightings of strange colored mists, as well as reports of random cold spots, and Mm. even floating orbs. The orbs. The orbs, um, which show up in people's pictures. Some people have even reported hearing disembodied voices as well as seeing a contorted face in the mirror or a window. No. <laughs> I'm okay with the orbs and stuff like in the mists. I've Girl, I've seen the orbs. I've seen the mists. Right. Distorted faces are a no. That seems to be a running theme. That's a 100% no from me. It's a nope. 
No. We have a nope. We have a nope. (laughs) Uh, More rarely, however, there have been sightings of a full human apparition, which is sometimes stock white and is sometimes even in full natural color. Even more rarely, they will talk to you or even touch you. (gasps) Touch me. (laughs) Ew, no. (laughs) That's... So, like, sometimes they are just kind of, like, black and white kind of looking, and sometimes they mm-hmm. actually look like a real person. Right. Ooh. So, most of the reports come from the actors and crew at the theater. The main alleged culprit is Olive Thomas. She was a one-time Zeigfeld Follies chorus girl who has now taken the role of being the most active ghost on Broadway. Are you telling me she was literally there once? <laughs> she was like, this is where I will spend the rest of my time. Yeah. But that was... Okay. So, she was discovered there, though. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Yeah. So, she got yeah. bigger. Yeah. She wasn't just a chorus girl once. No. Okay. I thought and she I was tell like, you her- here's my time to shine. <laughs> no. I'll be I'll here forever. You. Well, Zeigfeld girls were really, really popular. They were almost like um, so vogue before they started covering stars of today's times. They would cover the girls, the vogue ladies, um, and run their stories. And they, a lot of those girls would be the face of vogue. Well, it was kind of like that with the Zeigfeld girls. They gotcha. would... Um, They were like a family with each other. Okay. So here's a quote. Manifesting so about this girl, Olive Thomas, and I'll tell you more of her story too. Manifesting so frequently that uh, Dana M. Amendola, yeah, Amendola, vice president of operations for Disney theatrical productions, has placed photographs of her in every entrance to the theater so workers can greet her when they arrive for work each day, which is believed to keep her mischief to a minimum. That's cool. So they'll walk in and be like, hey, Olive. Yeah. When they see the picture. Mm-hmm. That's really cool, though. Right. Olive is kind of like their mascot. So Olive was a chorus girl in the 1915 Zeigfeld Follies on the main stage inside the theater as well as in the more intimate Midnight Frolics on on the top floor for the same building. After these performances, it is said that she was whisked away to Hollywood where she was created in, or no, was casted in several silent films and was later married to Jack Pickford. Jack was described to be the ne'er-do-well brother of the superstar Mary Pickford. On a trip over to Paris in 1920, Jack revealed to her that he had contracted syphilis, just casually. Oh, no. And because he had it, she most likely had as well, but she was never diagnosed with it. Technically, I don't think. I never saw anything saying that she was actually diagnosed with it, but... By the way, I just Google imaged her. She's pretty. Right? So it makes She's sense gorgeous. why she was whisked away to Hollywood. Yeah. Um, but to this day, her death is actually one of mystery. Official reports say that she accidentally overdosed on Jack's medicine, which was mercury bichloride. Oh. Um, which is obviously very poisonous in large quantities because it's 
mercury. <laughs> yes. People who you have don't syphilis would to... take this medication during this uh, time period. Right. Some people believed that it could have been a suicide due to her relationship with Jack being heavily rocked by the syphilis revelation. They could have gotten into another fight that night because they would get into a lot of fights, like knockdown dragouts, apparently. Uh-huh. And she might have found out that she herself had contracted the disease leading her to kill herself. However, there is a quote of her stating, I think that you die when your time comes and not until then. I feel the same about other things as I do about death. I don't think you can change anything that is going to happen to you any more than you can change anything that has happened to you. That's why I never worry. And that's why I don't think people should get conceded i got this information um off a website by hollyland pot so this is a podcast and i got this information it's like they're uh it's like a synopsis of what they talk about in in the podcast itself and it's the notes and i really like how they described what they think happened to her because okay. it is still, like, unknown how she died. Or they, she died of overdose, technically. But they don't but know they don't how they don't know, like, the intentions. Right. And so they described that it was probably an accident. Uh, she probably didn't find out that she had syphilis, but she was a heavy drinker. And so they think that her, su- like, the idea that she committed suicide doesn't seem reasonable. Especially since her own ideology doesn't really hold up to that but that doesn't mean that she couldn't have been putting on a face and that she was just at a low but i i don't believe that she committed suicide either some people believe that her husband killed her with the medication so that he wouldn't have to carry around the shame of a divorce i don't believe that either (laughs) yeah Um, but most believe uh along with this podcast that it was just an accident that she didn't mean to take so many of the medication or that, that she would kill her yeah or that she even mistook what was written on the bottle while drunk and thought that the medicine was aspirin oh. and just took enough to get rid of her headache of aspirin but it was actually the wrong medication and she OD'd on the, the mercury oh, and died no. poisoning right yeah. And that's uh, that idea came from the podcast. Nonetheless, it was a tragic accident, and she passed away far too early. And after she passed away, strange things started to happen at the new Amsterdam theater. People started telling their friends that they had casually run, run into Olive while backstage, even though she was dead. Huh. Um, and they think that she that she went back to her her starting place where she was still happy and still young and was just starting out her career and right life seemed to be going where she wanted it to go she began to periodically walk around the theater during the 1920s but became quiet for many decades when the broadway business was declining However, in the mid-1990s, the construction seemed to awaken her spirit from her long slumber, and the workers began to 
report a crying woman carrying a blue bottle walking around in their off-limit work areas. Do they explain the ro- what the blue bottle is? The blue bottle was the prescription bottle okay. of the um, what they think mercury. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. The reports continued for a long time after the theater reopened in 1997 and has continued ever since. Olive often appears in the trap beneath what used to be the roof of the theater. There have been reports of the sound of tap dancing, even though the space had long since been used for storage. Quote, during previews of Aladdin and Mandola, the landlord of the theater, said a female replacement conductor who had worked on Mary Poppins and knew about Olive was getting ready in the dressing room. Reading from an email from the conductor, Amidola said she spoke out loud to Olive. Well, Olive, I'm back again, and I'm a little nervous. I just wanted to introduce myself again and ask if you could please give me some good luck. Then she mused aloud. I wonder what the Follies girls would have thought of a female conductor. And then, according to the conductor's email, four of the round dressing room bulbs flickered on and off for a few seconds and then stopped. The bulbs were all new, having just been replaced for the new show. Quote, it was like a wink. She was signaling that she was fine with the idea. End quote. Whoa. So that right? was recent. Yeah. Like fairly recent if Aladdin was showing, mm-hmm. which it is currently, right? Right. Wow. <laughs> wow. One fun fact about Olive is that she never shows when you would expect her to, such as Halloween. She has never been around and seems to use this time as a vacation period. She's partying somewhere else. Right. She's partying with Olive the other Olive has now become one of the most well-known Seinfeld girls to date. Mm-hmm. Quote, Amandola said um, they get asked about Olive all the time, which is not a problem. But many of Olive's craziest fans have tried concealing themselves in corners of the theater, hoping to stay after it closed so that they might catch a glimpse of the glorious and glamorous ghost. Amandola said his staff now does a special sweep of the theater each night to catch stowaways and escort them out, end quote. That's funny. Right? And Amandola is not, he claims to not be a big, or he doesn't know if he believes in ghosts or the supernatural. However, he said that if there was such thing as a ghost, then this theater or a theater is definitely haunted. Nice. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Wow. Amsterdam Theater. That's really cool. We both covered some pretty cool chicks. I know. I love that. I love it so much. Cool theater ladies. Cool theater ladies. And of course, the theater doesn't just involve ladies. There are some pretty phenomenal men out there, too. But... Oh, the fact 100%. that these ladies were strong and lovely and were successful in their own right is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm.
Well, I think this was a success. I think it was too. Um, are we gonna do the rock, paper, scissors over Skype after that rough beginning? <laughs> Heck yeah, man. Okay, ready? <laughs> no, ready? Oh, I'm gonna sneeze. Okay, ready? <laughs> rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> no. The North Winds. <laughs> Ready? No, because I went and then you went. No, it just looked like that because technically I went before you went. Really? Yeah, it was the okay. lag. Okay, well I'll give it to you then. Thank you. I mean, no we can redo it. I love a good rock paper scissors. <laughs> it's all good. Um. So how? So what is our next topic, Jessica? Um, Colorado. 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 Um, to those of y'all who are wondering, which is probably none of y'all, but y'all will know now, we're working on getting the north half of Usur to Sarah and the south <laughs> half of Usur to me so that we can still do our signature drawing from the halves. Yes. So this week, but. sadly, we are without him, but we will be reunited once again. Like, yeah. Um, but the drawing is definitely going to be a little tricky. 100%. Uh, We're trying to find an online site that we can randomize and remove without the other person knowing. It's We're working on it. Yes. For now, we're having an outside party draw for us. But until then. So that's it for us. Please follow us on our social medias. I'm it sorry, there was a train and it got distracting. <laughs> no, you're fine. Uh, follow um, us at Aceota on Twitter, Instagram. It's the yes. initials of our show. A-C-E-A-O-T-A. And A- shoot us an email. At aceotapodcast at gmail.com. Yes, that's A-C-E-A-O-T-A podcast at gmail.com. Send us all your things, please. Yes, and like and review our podcast. And the best place is still on iTunes. Leave us a noise. And on our listeners episode, we will read out all of your lovely names, if there are any. And there better be some because we will sound dumb. If we not. also can't have a listener's episode unless people send us stuff, so. We're working on that. We're working on it. We have to it. work with you. So do You it. have to work with us. Ooh. Ooh. Because we love Ooh. you and we want to read your love and your creepy stories. Like your paranormal stories. Send us paranormal stories. Yeah. yeah. One, one more thank you to Anchor for actually sponsoring our episode. We love you. We love you. And I believe that's it for us. Yes, ma'am. All right, Kay. Thanks. Bye. Bye. I want to cry. Wow. (laughs) To cry. Just wow, 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 wow.
from outside and inside. <laughs> They're just talking. It's like a hole over the wall problem. I'm gonna bring Hunk inside. Okay. <laughs> Give me a minute. Wow, wow, yippee yo, yippee Ooh, let the dogs out bow. Wow. 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 Who let the dogs out bow? Wow. 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 Who let the dogs out bow? My roommate is playing his bass or guitar. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> I can't catch a break. Can you hear it? Yes. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I can't just go out to him and be like, hey, I'm recording a podcast. Stop. <laughs> Please. Start putting, like, a paper on your door that says, like, recording in progress. They don't even know I have a podcast. They don't even know me. I don't even know them. You should do that. Turn up the volume real loud and I'll yell at them. <laughs> no. They don't know me. But they know me. No, they don't. No, they don't. <laughs> You're a liar. <laughs>